everybody. Um, lovely to see you, and, and good afternoon if you're watching online. Nice to see you too. Let me just set my time. just keeps me on track. Okay, so this morning we're continuing in our Blessed series, which if you are a regular church attendee, you will know that this is about equipping us to reach people in our everyday networks so that we can actively bless them and hopefully lead them into a relationship with Jesus. Quick recap, about three weeks ago now, John introduced the series and he told us about the five letters of bless and what they stand for. Um, The first one is begin with prayer. You can help me here. The second one, L, is listen. The E is for eat. The first S is for serve. And the second S is share your story. And also, we get added onto that, share the gospel, but more about that later. So two weeks ago, Rich Horn started us off with the begin with prayer, the B, and he spoke about how important it is to underpin everything we do as Christians with prayer. And if you missed Rich speaking, it probably would benefit you to go back to the 9th of October and have a look at that YouTube because it's, it's really good and it sets up the series. So there's these. If you haven't seen them before, they're little blessed cards and there are, there are 10 spaces to fill out 10 people who you're praying for. You pop it into a place where you're going to see it regularly to remind you to pray. And there are these blessed booklets. And these blessed booklets tell you all you need to know. They're all at the back on the table. So if you take one of those with you, you will never forget what we're talking about. So, um, okay, so Rich has done Begin With Prayer. Today, I'm on L for Listen. And I'm going to split that down into two, listening to God, listening to others. Okay, so listening to God. So some of you might remember back last term, we did a series called Sitting at Jesus' Feet. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Um, and um, so um, what we actually looked at is what it was like to just sit at Jesus' feet, be refreshed, listen to him, and just wait on the Lord and just see what he wants to say to us. And as part of that series, to kick it off back in May, um, John spoke about the story of Martha and Mary. And you might remember how Martha was hosting Jesus and some, fr- some other friends, and she spent the whole day busying herself around to sort of get everything ready. And in verse 39 of Luke chapter 10, it says this. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Well, this was completely winding Martha up because in verse 40, she says, Lord, doesn't it seem a bit unfair to you that my sister just sits there eh, while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. To which Jesus replies, Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. Mary was listening to Jesus. So Jesus knew that ultimately time spent listening to him was actually all that was worth being concerned about. And the same is true for us today. Whatever stage of life we're at, whatever things we're facing, we really do need to start listening to him, especially when we're praying for other people on our blessed list, to find out what he's saying. In John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees his father doing. So, Jesus was obviously in constant communication 
with God, his father, and was directed by him in everything he did. So I guess it stands to reason that if Jesus felt that was a necessity for him, you know, maybe we should learn from his example. In fact, here we go. If you look in your blessed booklet under L, I was looking at this and I looked at it because obviously today, and the first bullet point says, listen to the spirit for the people on your blessed list. And it just made me think, how? How do we listen? How do we listen to God for the people on our lists? So I think that many people think God doesn't speak to them, that they're maybe not spiritual enough or they're not close enough to God because try as hard as they like, he doesn't seem to be speaking. But it got me thinking, I wonder how they're expecting to be spoken to. I wonder how they're expecting to listen to Jesus. You see, often I think God is speaking to us, but we're not necessarily attuned to his voice. So let's look at that. How are we expecting God to speak to us? Well, one of the primary ways I believe God speaks to us is this. This is here for this demonstration reason. The word of God, it says in Hebrews, 12, uh, Hebrews 4 verse 12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest double-edged sword. This is alive. This is not dead. And it's as relevant today as it was when it was written. You know, because this thing here has the power to convict to heal, to set us free. It's got the power to encourage us, to shed wisdom on matters that we're facing, to guide us. This is fire, okay? This weapon that we have, Ephesians 6 tells us, it's the sword of the spirit. You know what? If you, if you are not regularly getting into this, I really would encourage you to. We sang that song a minute ago, this is how I fight my battles, <laughs> okay? So that's my, that's my sword, okay? Um, But that is genuinely probably the the most regular way I do hear God speak to me. Um, I might be doing my daily Bible reading, you know, Bible in a year or Lectio 365, whatever you do. And suddenly a particular verse will just stand out at me. You know, it'll be like more relevant than the rest of the passage. So sometimes I'll screenshot that if I'm on my phone. Sometimes I'll highlight it if I'm in that one. (laughs) Um, And then I'll say, Lord... What, do you, what are you saying to me through that? Are you, are you saying something for me? Or is it for somebody on my blessed list? I mean, you know, even this morning when I did my Bible reading, it said this, better to live on the corner of the roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. I mean, I'm not saying that that leapt out of me for any reason. I didn't meditate on it any longer, but it did make me smile. I, in my mind's eye, I was going out down the street and seeing all these men on the rooftops. <laughs> but no, seriously, I, I really do believe that anything that is practiced a lot, the more practiced we get at tuning in and listening to the Lord speak to us through things like your daily Bible reading, the better we get at knowing when he's speaking to us for others. You know, because you're used to sort of hearing him that way. You're used to listening to the word in that way. Obviously, we need to be reading the Bible regularly to allow God to speak to us. Um, But we need to read with our spiritual antennae up. You know, we need to be reading with this kind of, Lord, speak to me through your word. Give me a word of encouragement for such and such on my blessed list today. Be open. So, 
The first thing I would say, the primary way I would say I hear God anyway, is through the word. We can also listen to the Spirit through worship, and I know I shared that story earlier, but this happens quite a lot to me, where when I'm listening to worship music, it stirs me to pray. And um, I, I remember actually another example where I was listening, and all of a sudden I'm listening to a particular track, and I feel stirred to literally do battle for somebody I'm praying for because of this song, you know? And I literally am stomping around the streets of Hazelmere, and I actually can feel my arms going as I'm, you know, nobody else can hear what I'm hearing. But I'm doing battle for people on my blessed list through worship. So be aware, the Spirit can speak to you through song as well. God can also speak to us prophetically through our thoughts. And I absolutely love this scripture. Listen to this. Amos Amos 4 verse 13 says this. He who forms the mountains, who creates the wind, and who reveals his thoughts to mankind, the Lord God Almighty is his name. You think about that. He reveals his thoughts to mankind. That's us. The Lord God Almighty, who created the heavens and earth, you know, stars, moon, everything, he can speak to us individually. He can just drop something prophetically into your mind for somebody else, like a word of knowledge or something like that. In fact, we see quite a lot of evidence of that on a Sunday morning through the prophetic word being brought. But I don't know who was here last week, but the baptisms, I mean, you saw that twofold, really, because you saw the people being baptized who had felt the Lord speak to them about being baptized. And then you also saw the people in the pool who were doing the baptizing who had spent time listening for these people, and, and I think pretty much every single one of them had a prophetic word for them. So God will speak to us prophetically if we're open and we're listening out for his voice. So God can speak through the word. He can speak through worship. He can speak prophetically. He also speaks through dreams and visions. So in Joel 2.28, it says this, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Well, I'm going to add to that, your young women will dream dreams, because 20 years ago, when I was a young woman, okay, this happened to me. I had a prophetic dream. Now, at the time, I didn't quite know it was, but I had a dream where I saw a lady who I normally see at the school gate, but you know, I'd never, ever spoken to her before. But I just saw this woman in my dream. And I saw her sit over there at the back and come to Jesus. And then I woke up. And I thought, okay, I've never spoken to her before. Um, so I thought, what do I do? Pray. So, <laughs> so I prayed and I said, Lord, what do I do? What do you want me to do with that? And, and I just felt a compulsion from the Holy Spirit to start talking to her. So I did. You know, at the school, at school gate, we connect over the kids or something. And then all of a sudden, I'm inviting her for coffee. Then all of a sudden, she's telling me her story. All of a sudden, I'm telling her mine. Then she comes to King's, sits over there, and gets saved. I mean, and it is incredible. And she was here this morning in the first meeting, and she still comes. So it really is. I mean, I didn't know, looking back on it, that that whole salvation story was like the blessed sequence almost played out. Because it began with praying after my dream, 
I listened to the Lord to see what he was saying. We ate together, let's say coffee and biscuits. (laughs) And then she shared her story, I shared mine, and Jesus moved. It is amazing. And so there are many, as I've just said, there are many ways in, in which God speaks. And there are more than that, than I've just said. You know, there's, there's circumstantial things that can happen. But the challenge is, are we listening expectantly for God to speak to us? Is our spiritual antennae up? Listening out for people, listening out. Lord, what do you want to say to that person I'm praying for? You see, he will find ways to speak to us. He actually will. We just need to make sure we're available and we're listening Rich Horn, a couple of weeks ago, really struck me because he said this, don't rule yourself out. We are all qualified for this. Some of you will have a particular connection with someone that no one else has. That struck me. It's not about more time. It's about more intentionality. We need to be intentional about listening to God for the people in our lives. Okay, little aside in a way, although not so little really, but when we're talking about the whole area of listening to God, we also do need to be a bit mindful of what not to listen to, because we do have an enemy, and he is a liar, and he likes to sow confusion and fear and worry and doubt and all those things, but he's subtle about it, and his voice can sound pretty plausible, you know, you're not very good at this, are you? Wow, call yourself a Christian, and you've done that. All these things, and he's just in your head, you know, just trying to chip away. Well, when Jesus spent 40 days before his ministry praying and listening to his father, the enemy tried his utmost to cause his ministry to fail right at the outset through his tempting words. But Jesus knew the difference between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. And here's the good news. He tells us that we do too. In John chapter 10, it says, his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Often we just need to measure up what we're hearing or what we think we're hearing with the word of God. Is this truth? Is this what the Bible says about me? Does this measure up to the word of God? So we also need to take a little bit of care what we're allowing ourselves to listen to. So if you're someone who's prone to worry, Turn off the news headlines. Uh, turn off the news after the headlines, but don't necessarily indulge over and over again. You know, if you know that gets to you, don't do it. Social media, another one, isn't it? If you know it causes you to feel down and depressed and to cause comparison and fear and worry, limit it. You know, you, you can do that. You've got that. You've got that control, if you like. Um, and you know what? The more effective you get at doing it, the more receptive you'll be to hearing the good stuff. So the way to get the wrong thoughts out is to get the right thoughts in. So as Paul tells us in Philippians 4, fix your thoughts on what is true, honourable, right, pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So when we're listening to God for people on our blessed lists, we need to do so intentionally with our radars up, tuning into the Holy Spirit and allowing him to speak to us in a variety of different ways, really. So that's listening to God. Let's just go on to listening to others. Here's a question for you. How good are you at listening to others? What do you think people would say 
about your listening skills. <laughs> are you a, an attentive, patient listener? Or are you more likely to be a half-an-ear listener, you know, pretending to hear what they're saying whilst looking at your phone or watching the telly or looking around for somebody else to speak to? It's okay. Don't look at each other. It's a rhetorical question. <laughs> now, there's a big difference between hearing and listening. Okay, so hearing is the perception of sound. You, you hear the baby or you hear raindrops this morning a lot and you hear a motorbike. So it's that perception of sound. Whereas listening is to pay attention to sound, all right? To hear something with thoughtful attention and give consideration to it. So good listening requires attention, an understanding of the message being relayed, and also a recollection of what's been said. It's the challenging bit. So effective listeners not only show interest, but they also acknowledge what has been said. Now, when I was an art teacher, um, every new September, every new year, I'd have a new group of year threes. They're seven years old. And we would always go through this, and this is the rules of the art room, okay? And we'd, go, we'd, we'd read out the bullet points, and then we'd discuss why that's a rule. And the fourth one there, listen very carefully to all instructions. So then I'd say to the class, okay, so why is it important to listen very carefully? Yes, Jessica? Because if we don't listen carefully, we won't know what we're doing. That's right, Jessica, because if you don't listen carefully, you won't know what you're doing. So then I would proceed to tell the t you know, what we're going to do and what, what equipment we need around the room and all of this. And Jessica, meanwhile, to her friend next door, chat, 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 chat. Okay, everybody, off you go. Go and get what you need for the lesson. And all those who were listening get up and they get their equipment and they're off and Jessica's just sitting there. What's the matter, Jessica? Why aren't you getting what you need? Because I wasn't listening. No, you weren't. You were talking to your friends, so you don't know what to get, do you? But I was laughing about it and thinking, this is a common story, isn't it? Not just for teachers, for parents as well. But then I thought to myself, how often do we all do that? How often do we start with good intentions, but with seconds we've lost our focus and we're wondering what we're having for lunch? <laughs> the bottom line is good listening requires effort, discipline, and intentionality. James 1 verse 19 says this, Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, this verse is easy to understand, but it's actually difficult to put into practice because too often we are slow to listen and quick to jump in, quick to speak, Somebody once said, most people don't listen with the intent to understand, they listen with the intent to reply. But listening to someone puts value on them. It respects them. And it tells them they are significant. Have you ever been in a conversation where you thought, um, they're just not listening to me? And how does it make you feel? Well, let's have a look at an example of what listening to others looked like in the life of Jesus. So here we go, Luke 18, 35 to 43. Oh, yeah. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. 
When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening, and they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus praising God. So in this story, we see Jesus traveling to Jerusalem for the Passover and he was stopping at Jericho, which was like the last major stop off point en route. And there would have been loads of people on that route going to the, to the Passover feast in Jerusalem. It would have been rammed, a bit like London on a Jubilee event, or, or like we saw recently, actually, with the funeral. I mean, it's packed. And this guy's shouting out, Jesus, have mercy on me. And they're going, shush, calm, quiet, quiet. So he shouts more, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. And above the noise of that crowd... Jesus stops. Let's see what happens. He says in verse 40, Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. So first of all, he hears the man over the noise of the crowd because his radar's up. He's listening out. A bit like, I think, how a mum can hear her own baby crying in a whole room full of babies crying because you're tuned in. Well, Jesus was tuned in. And then in verse 41, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? You know, anyone around might have thought, well, here's a blind man. You know, why are you asking that question? Because Jesus wanted to put value on the man. He wanted to let him know he was significant so that he didn't assume he knew what he meant. He wanted to put value on the man's need. And for that moment, he gave him his undivided attention. Just imagine how that felt for the blind beggar. The blind beggar. And Jesus stops and gives him his undivided attention. The respect and worth that that one question must have placed on him in that moment. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see. Jesus listened to the blind man. He gave him time. And apart from his physical healing, at that moment, he also received esteem, respect, worth, honor, and he followed Jesus, praising God. How often do we only half listen to what someone's saying and then jump in the moment they pause for breath because we assume what they're going to carry on saying or we assume what they want, only to then find to be wrong? (laughs) Um, the Bible says something about this in Proverbs 18. It says this, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. So they spout off before listening to the facts. Message version, obviously. (laughs) Good listening requires patience. Matt Landry, a Methodist pastor, said this, When we're only focusing on responding, we don't listen. We're not present. Listening is an act of love where you give your time, your attention, your ears, and hopefully your heart to another. 
the very act of listening could change somebody's life. I mean, which is why organizations like the Samaritans and Childline are vital, because it's a listening ear. And you know, there will be some days when the most important ministry you will have is to listen to somebody who's hurting. Perhaps one of the most moving accounts of Jesus listening to someone for me was in Luke 23, when in the midst of the horror and the agony of the cross, and you've got these two criminals hanging either side of him, and the one criminal says to the other, we're getting punished because we're getting what our sins justly deserve, but this man's done nothing wrong. And then the same man says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And you know what? In the midst of Jesus' agony, he's listening to that man. He hears his cry and he says, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And you know, I think that detail at the end of Jesus' life says so much. You're never too bad, and it's never too late to cry out to Jesus, and he will listen to you. And if that is you here today, I would really encourage you to do that. We have a prayer team at the end, and if you, if you want to have someone stand with you to cry out to Jesus, take the opportunity. Two weeks ago, Rich said this, don't underestimate the power of prayer. Well, today I'm going to add, don't underestimate the power of listening. So church, first we need to listen to God for what he's saying about the people on our lists. And then we need to, to ask him about, the, then we need to, sorry, we then need to talk to the people. We need to listen to the people, our work colleagues, our family, our friends, our classmates. We need to listen to their stories, their hopes, their dreams, but also their challenges and their pain. And we need to do so intentionally and in collaboration with the Holy Spirit. And we don't have to be afraid of not having the answers. You know, most people aren't looking to be fixed. We just need to be a channel through which God's love and compassion can flow. So who in your life could really do with a listening ear right now? May we be people who are listening for the answer to Jesus' question, what do you want me to do for you? And finally, let us be people who are quick to listen and slow to speak. Let's give the Lord and others a chance to be heard. Amen.